Welcome to the Stickers on the Mic podcast brought to you by StickerGiant.com, where we talk with our customers about how they started their business, how they're marketing their brand, and how they're growing their company. Without further ado, it's time for the Stickers on the Mic podcast from StickerGiant. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Stickers on the Mic. It's Thanksgiving week here, and I'm very for- fortunate and thankful to be dialing in Todd Olson from Sumner, Washington. And Todd, uh, you um, you reached out to us through our marketing email, and you talked a little bit about your experience as a customer, and you said I wanted to you know, chat with you a little bit about uh, the different brands that I have and, and all that. And I was like, this is amazing. Thank you for reaching out. Um, so all of you listening, marketing at StickerGiant.com is a great way to get a hold of me. Um, and, uh, Todd, I'm just very, uh, thankful that you did that. So, uh, thanks for feeding back. It's always feels really good as someone who works at a business to get feedback like that. So thank you. Yeah, sure. My pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me on Andrew. So tell me a little bit about why, um, you needed stickers and labels and, and what brought you to sticker giant, I guess. And, and we'll go from there. Okay, sure. Yeah. I have, uh, I started off with a, a business and alcohol distillery in Tacoma, Washington. And um, I started out traditionally uh, going to a label company. And there's a lot of limitations when you go to a label company as far as, um, you know, what you can do, because most of their stuff is, uh, if you want a specific shape, you have to conform to their shape standards. And I, as a kind of a graphic designer, I want to be able to make a funky label that will get people's attention and stick into a, a triangle or a rectangle or whatever the form was that they have is pretty limiting. So when I found Sticker Giant was able to do stickers, you know, where you can freeform it and give it any kind of shape you want, um, that's where it just went off for me. And then being able to do clear stickers too. Um, my thing is all about the, f- the flavor and the natural ingredients of my products. So for the liqueurs, we use uh, fruit concentrates and I want people to see those colors. I want them to see, uh, get excited about the, the product before they even open it up and taste it. So being able to use clear labels from sticker giant and then have them see the product in the containers before they open it is the best part of it. And then yeah, just the, for it. And that's the desire liqueurs that you have. And, and I, you know, folks, I'm looking at the website and you can just see like the, the darkness of the mocha or the, the raspberry and the red of the tangelo with the sort of orange and yellow. So the yeah. clear does help it pop uh, quite a bit. How did you, what, when you, um, like, how can people, first of all, get the desire product, but why did you come up with this? What, why, why, why desire liqueurs? Well, uh, our state, they changed the laws where uh, you could start up distilleries uh, in Washington, and that was back back about 2010. And so a bunch of people decided, well, let's start up some distilleries. About I would say about 30, 35 of them. At one point, Washington was the state with the most distilleries per capita in the United States, even more than Kentucky or back east anywhere. So. Um, most of them were going for whiskey. And when you start a whiskey distillery, you've got a five-year lag there where uh, you start off and then you got to put the whiskey in the barrels and age it. So for those first five years, all the whiskey distilleries start off with vodka and gin. And we decided, well, let's not do that because there's going to be 35 vodka and gin distilleries in Washington. We want to do something a little different. So we decided to do liqueurs. 
and uh, be able to mix them in with cocktails. And then whoever decided to buy, they found their favorite vodka and gin, they can still mix our drink, our products into the drinks. So that's how it started out. Nice. So it's, it's because of like the timing of it as well to like capture the, the audience. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it's spelled D E Z I R, but it's desire. Right? Yeah. Got it. Uh, a little funky yeah. there, which is kind of fun. Um, so you went in on this with, with a friend and it's like kind of the classic uh, co-founder thing, right? Where you're like, yeah. let's do a thing. And then it happens. Yeah. Yeah. We actually, I think uh, a little naively, we, we were at a Christmas party and uh, we had each brought a, I was playing around with lime cello instead of lemon cello. And he had a, a family mocha recipe and we brought them unbeknownst to each other. We brought them to the Christmas party and everybody was tasting them and loving them. So they said, well, why don't you start up a distillery and like a couple idiots, we said, Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. Right. So that's where it started and it just grew from there. So that's awesome. So, but that's, as they say, not all Todd, there's more, right? It's not yeah. just the liqueurs. Um, you also have the, the honey brand Lucille's, which is on your hat for the yeah. folks who are watching, uh, are not watching. Uh, he's got the logo of the, of the honey brand there. Tell us a little bit about Lucille's honey. Well, uh, Lucille started out just kind of, uh, as Lark. There was a company up in Woodenville, Woodenville whiskey that was making barrel aged honey in their whiskey barrels. And I bought some, it was awesome. It was really good. And, uh, when I got down to about a quarter of a jar, I went back and said, Hey guys, I got to have some more of that barrel aged honey. And they said, well, we don't make that anymore. We make uh, barrel aged maple syrup. And I was already using honey from local beekeepers in one of our products, uh, on the, the core side of things. So I said, well, I know all the distillers in the area. I'll just make my own barrel aged honey. And that's where it started. And it's kind of grown from there. I've got uh, not only the barrel aged honey, but I've got a habanero infused honey, a ginger infused honey. And then last year we started selling CBD infused honey too. So how, um, that's an interesting product. We're in Colorado, right? We've been doing this for a long time. Washington and Colorado pretty much started the normalization process. What, um, have you learned doing that when just like, cause that's a, the barrel age thing doesn't even matter. You had, that's not a, you don't have to have any different licensing or anything, you know, right. what did you have to figure out for, for this product? Well, I got some really good advice when I started the, I, I started talking to people. My, my thing is I like to do a bunch of research and talk to the, the experts and people who know what's going on. So I went out and I talked to a couple guys and they all said, well, one of them gave me some really good advice. He said, um, make sure that you send each of your batches to the lab and get it tested. And then you give those, you can give those test reports to people, let make it available to them so they can see exactly what's in it. There's a lot of problem with, uh, companies saying their CBD in their product, but it's not really actually in there. So by being able to provide the test reports to people, I'm able to prove that what I'm saying is in, it is actually in it. And, mm. uh, that's been a really, a really nice marketing part of it, but also, um, something for the customer to go back and say, yeah, I really, okay. You know, I'm being transparent and that's what's in it. So it's been really nice. So you broke off a whole URL for that. So that's Lucille's CBD honey.com. Yeah. The other one is Lucille's talk a little bit about like the, the, the need and or choice to kind of, cause it's the same exact site, right. But it's different with a different domain. Uh, talk a little yeah. bit about that. Yeah, it is. Um, I got some, I got some pushback from square. I use square 
as the uh, to take credit card sales and um, they have a little different policy for things that were CBD versus things that don't have CBD and they wanted to increase my uh, the percentage that they charge the fee that they charge for mm -hmm. CBD things and because all of my honeys were tied to that, they were going to increase the percentage that they take on everything. And I didn't think that was fair. So I split off the CBD into another website and that is driven by Square. And um, then they charge the higher percentage for that. And then on the uh, other side, I switched to PayPal Zettel and used that as my, my pay platform. And so they're charging me a lower rate for the things that don't have CBD in them. That's super interesting. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I love learning new things from people like you. Because um, I, I do study it. I actually have a whole uh, college class about, you know, reporting on marijuana and cannabis So I'm uh, that I teach. So I'm, I'm always interested in how, uh, especially we see, so I, I wear these two hats. And then what I see here at Sticker Giant in the factory related to cannabis and CBD and, and marijuana products is obviously it's been an explosion for, for yeah. us uh, in that space. So um, how long have you been doing the the CBD? You said you just, uh, just started, started it up last year. So oh, wow. um, I'm on batch number two right now. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Um, and you're able, like you said, your sort of value add is giving test results and, and trying to market that, that brand in a little bit different way than right. maybe other people are, are yeah. doing. Um, and it's a CBD isolate too. So there's no THC in it. And that's, you know, for people who are looking for the health benefits for CBD and they don't want to run into, uh, drug test problems, you know, that's a, a viable alternative for them. Totally. To, yeah. Yeah, that's a huge distinction, obviously, uh, to yeah. make. So as you were kind of coming together for back, you know, back to the general Lucille's brand, which is kind of where we diverged a little bit. Um, how do you sort of develop the flavors, and how, how what's that look like for you? Well, the barrel aged, um, I like. I was just running, flying by the seat of my pants, right? So I put honey into a barrel, and then I would just test it every week and say, okay, yeah, well, it tastes pretty good, or you know, it's not quite there yet. And I do that actually with every other batch now. Um, I've for, I've refined it along the way. So now um, what I do is for every batch, I try to use a different local distillery's whiskey barrel. And then when the, when the whiskey's done, when the barrel honey's done in the barrels, they send the barrels off to local breweries right. and then breweries do batches of beer in them. And that's been really fun too, to kind of get in touch with all the local breweries and the it's like a firk in that or whatever, right? Like it's a one-off. They probably just, yeah, one, they just do a, yeah. a single batch. Yeah. So, uh, actually batch number three went down to 10 barrel in Oregon and they're, they're huge. They, uh, Anheuser-Busch owns them. So, oh, wow. Cool, uh, they, man. That's good for you. <laughs> yeah, they got this little funky um, funky offshoot that they just do um, barrel projects. So they just get barrels yeah. from everywhere and do kinds of cool things with them. You know, it's a way to experiment and have fun. So um, that's been a lot of fun. And then when the barrels are done at the breweries, I send them off to a local craftsman who takes them apart and makes furniture out of them. That's a pretty cool life cycle for that story yeah. of the... And like, people really love being involved with that whole cycle too. And now we're actually pushing people towards uh, Paul, who's doing the the furniture, and he's going to start making custom pieces for people too. And they'll be able to start making it. the bee like bee things. Anyway, yeah. there's a lot. There's a whole. You probably could productize that thing quite a yeah, lot absolutely. if you really wanted to. Um, so uh, we've talked about liqueur. We've talked yeah. about honey. What else is there, Todd? What do you? What else is going on with you? Uh, well, one of the other projects I have, a buddy of mine and I, uh, he lives in Australia and, 
we decided, well, he, he was asking if, if it would be good to bring one of my brands down there. And I said, well, rather than do that, why don't we, because all the shipping and everything, it would yeah, be yeah. interesting to just um, create a, a different product that's made down in Australia. Of course. So um, we're doing canned cocktails down there under the Laneway Cocktails brand. Oh, cool. um, it's laneywaycocktails.com.au. And uh, again, using sticker giant labels, right. got to use those clear labels. They, they got a really nice uh, lineup on all of ours. We got a margarita, a mojito, a cosmopolitan, a sex on, a be- on the beach, and Negroni are the first five flavors. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Laneway. So it's L-A-N-E-W-A-Y. So those are in a clear bottle. That's why I was like, what's the clear? Aren't they in cans? Because that's what everyone does here. They can it. But these are in a bottle yeah. with a screw top. Yeah, and they're the they're a hundred mils, so they're just you know double the size of those little airline bottles that you get. Okay, and it's already yeah. pre-mixed, so all you got to do is just really pour it over ice. That is one of the wildest trends. That it's not new; uh, it's years so, of it now. But like the the craft, I li- I've I don't buy them a lot, but I just really like the sort of like one-off cocktail brand things now you know that was really a, a not specific but i've seen the here i've seen the category really expand when specific ways especially in our customer base you know um so how did you well you already had the liqueur experience and you obviously know how to do like packaging with honey but what um what was the product development on this brand you know to sort of break that down a little bit um basically it was my buddy whose name is also todd so it's todd and todd, todd. um he he's a fr- old fraternity brother of mine. He came up one Christmas and we just went to the shop and knocked out the flavors. He looked up all of the like the top 10 most popular mixed cocktails in Australia and then that's where we started and just developed our formulas from what those top 10 were. Ah. Uh, like no, Negronis are popular then. I mean, they're very popular now in general and I I don't mind them. It's just that's a it's like front and center on your page. So that's like a very specific type of cocktail. It's drinker. like the I guess it's the if you don't have a Negroni in Australia, then you're you're not a, a real uh, cocktail provider or whatever. Sure. sure. Uh, it, it's interesting though because I'm not a big fan of the Negroni. I just no, don't it's a little too bitter it. for me, right? Yeah. Like and, I, it's a one if it's like a, it's like if it's you're at the place, you're at the place like the Italian place or whatever. You're like I'll have a Negroni. Okay, fine. Yeah. But I'm yeah. not, and like the Aperol Spritz trend, that's just not my kind of drink. But I do, I mean, margaritas here in Colorado are huge, right? And so we see everyone has a very, every brewery around here has some sort of margarita product. You just have to, right? Uh, Mojito is fun, but I like them a lot, but I, we don't see a ton of them here. And then Cosmos and Sex on the Beach are, again, these are all very specific needs for people. You know, you know what I mean? Right. Well, we uh, had a bet going. So uh, because I don't like the Negroni, I said, uh, because uh, he, he wanted to keep it in the lineup. And, and I said, well, I'm going to do you a little bet. So we're going to have a bet on uh, which one's going to sell the best. We switched to, we were offering the five pack. So all five were available in one pack, each of the flavors. And then we broke off and started offering uh, individual flavors in a three pack. And I said, uh, I'm going to make you a bet. I think the Negroni is going to be the worst selling of all five. And uh, he says, well, which one do you think is going to be the best? And I said, well, anyone other than the Negroni? He said, no, you got to pick one. So I picked Margarita. And actually, that turned out to be, uh, we just yesterday sold the last eight three-packs uh, that we had in stock of the Margarita. And a Negroni? So we sold one. one. 
It's only um, so you one. lost the bet. But the question is, no, I uh, won the bet. Oh, you, I'm sorry, you won the bet. He lost the bet. Um, <laughs> the way uh, I just lost my. I first of all, I love the site. The design of that site is really fun. Oh, the question was why uh, three packs or like what is it about the packaging of alcohol in Australia? Obviously, I have no idea. So like, what what what? Why those sort of sizes and all that? Oh yeah, it's um, I I did it based. Alcohol in, in Australia is very expensive. Okay. So that five pack is um, with the 100 milliliter bottles. Now keep in your mind that the 100 mil is just that yeah. double the size of the uh, the airline bottles, the little one. Mm-hmm. So there's 500 mils, which is less than a 750 milliliter regular right. bottle. Um, that goes for 75 Which is like $55 here in America. Yeah. It's, it's pretty expensive. So I wanted to do something that was, if somebody wanted specific flavors, you know, they were buying the five pack to get one specific. I wanted them to be able to do that and to make a big enough price break between the five pack and the the three pack, a four pack wouldn't do it, but a three pack did. So that was the nice price break. That's why we started offering the three packs. And and people can get those. It looks like online at Dan Murphy's or whatever that is. Yeah. Dan Murphy's is the huge, they're like uh, total wine and Costco combined down there for alcohol. Anytime you want to go buy alcohol in Australia, they've got online stores and they also have uh, brick and mortar stores. Wow. So, yeah, they approached us and said, hey, would you be interested in putting your stuff on our online? And then if it sells well, we'll transition you over and start putting you into our brick and mortar stores. So we said, of course, we'd love to do that. And it's taken off really well. It's It's been good so far. Good. That's great to hear. That's kind of fun. So that's four different brands. We've covered a lot of ground here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you use the clear labels on a lot of stuff. What else are you using? Uh, I do. So I've got a jar of the honey right here Yay, and what's I'm, up using a, I'm using a hexagonal jar. Mm. It's kind of a, um, odd shaped. So being able to put a label on this thing is really, uh, it, yeah, it's not something. It's hard that, enough with a curved surface, just exactly. one continuous. So, um, actually I peeled one off here so you guys could see, I don't know if you can see that. Oh, look at the way that's cut so, set up. See how it, I've cut it so that it'll wrap around and then on the edges of the jar and sticker giant makes that possible because they don't charge me anything for that. All I give them is a laser cut line and they cut that shape to whatever I want. And then that conforms to the jar perfectly. Yeah. goes all the way around there. That's fine. But I also use, I don't just use clear. I use the, the other stickers too. Oh, yeah. And that's my lid label where I'll put the batch number for each of the, the batches on. And then on my website, you can see for the barrel aged, um, where, which local honey provider I sourced the honey from, which distillery the barrel came from, which brewery the beer, the barrel went to. And then when the furniture gets made, we put that up online too. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So that's a lot on that label. I get, uh, yeah. I made little bee stickers and I give those out to kids when we're doing the tastings at the farmer's market. Uh, I, I mean, if there's something, I even talk to people at the farmer's market that are doing labels, if they've got something that uh, that they could benefit from, you know, maybe they're making a stamp or they're printing them out on their printer right now. I send them all to Sicker Giant and say, hey, just go on the website because it's really easy to go on there, put in your shape or at least your, your dimensions of your label. And then um, you click, it gives you the prices and the breakdown for the multiple um, quantities. And you can see and decide real easily 
what uh, before you even place an order, right? Uh, it, it just tells you everything and you guys just make it really easy to, to buy labels. So. Well, we appreciate that. <laughs> um, but um, what's I going to say? Uh, so we've got a full mix. Um, the farmer's markets, that was actually my, my next question. Other than like where you can get them online, what kind of local presence? I mean, you mentioned farmer's markets, of course, but that's in a way, well, I used to work at the farmer's market here in Longmont, and, and I have a whole story around farmer's markets. I love them. I grew up down the street from one in Oak Park, Illinois, and it's a, it's kind of a legendary farmer's market in the Chicago area, um, which there weren't a lot of them when I was growing up. This is 30-some years ago, right? So farmer's markets are near and dear to my heart. Um, and and just explain to me, like, how what's your farmer's market strategy, you know? Well, the farmer's market's been great, too. I mean, you get a lot of people going through. You've really got to define your your sales pitch, you got to get it. You got to kind of capture people, you know, within like a minute, you have to be able to capture them and make them decide to come over and try your stuff. Sampling has been great. Uh, being able to give samples. And I, I tell people, you know, because I focus on flavor and the quality of the products, I really don't have to sell it. It pretty much sells itself. So I mm-hmm. tell people when I'm at the farmer's market, I'm just the sample monkey. I just give you the sample and then you decide and, of all of those flavors, they'll find something that somebody likes out of them. Right. Usually they go away with two or three different ones. So nice. yeah, but that's been the, uh, that's been the start of things and kind of refining uh, the sales pitch and everything else and then getting flavors. One of the greatest things happened at the farmer's market was the, with the ginger infused. Mm. Uh, I was just doing the barrel aged and the habanero infused and a lady came up to me and said, Hey, do you do ginger infused honey? And I said, not yet. So that's where that came from. Uh, I want just a suggestion from somebody and uh-huh. it's turned out to be, yeah, probably it's probably our second bestseller tied with the habanero. I mean, it just depends on the day, which one's going to win habanero or ginger, but they're both very, very unique and used for different things. So that's where I, I don't want to, you know, I kind of want to not overlap them too much. Honey is, is generally a category, but you really use them for different things. Um, different flavor profiles go for different things. So uh, that's, I don't want to overlap too much on, on my products. So coming, going forward, I won't do anything that kind of, you know, takes away from what I've got now. Right. Um, that's awesome. Um, so, uh, you know, what's next? Well, uh, I guess we're just going to keep plugging away. I'm trying to get into some more stores, some more brick and mortar stores. I'm going to start approaching places like Whole Foods and, and, uh, Metropolitan Market. Those, uh, you know, kind of the foodie areas, people that are looking for some gourmet, different honeys to do things with, um, that's where we're going to focus on getting into some stores and, and that kind of thing. And then, uh, hopefully, I'm um, talking to some people now about setting up franchising. So, oh, wow. yeah, that's a whole nother podcast episode. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like a deep dive. Um, yeah. I look forward to seeing that. Well, thank you so much for reaching out to us. Uh, we, we of course love sharing, uh, customer stories. That's what we do here at Sticker. Yeah. Brands. And I appreciate what you guys do. You make it real easy to, uh, to get stuff. And, you know, for people who are creating products, um, you're going to go through a bunch of iterations of your labels and you're going to be able to, you're going to have to change them. And that was another frustration with the label companies that I was, when I was making small tweaks to things, they were charging me another art fee. 
on top of everything. And you guys don't do that either. I mean, you look at it just as a file that comes in and just treat it as a, as a specific file. And so uh, being able to change and tweak my labels that to make them just right and not be charged that extra is I appreciate that from, uh, from a business standpoint for what you guys do and what you offer your services do you offer. So thank you. Nice. <laughs> right on. Um, well, folks, uh, especially long-time listeners, which I, I hope there's some of you, we always say every sticker has a story on the show uh, at the end, and, and today it's Todd's multiple stickers and labels across different bla- brands and even continents, right? So you're, you're, you're representing, obviously, the USA here, but then you've got the project in Australia, which is uh, pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, I think when we get that one up and running where it's big time, uh, we'll have to go down and do some taste testing, don't you think? I like the sound of that. Um, (laughs) uh, But um, thank you, uh, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, Be well, be safe. Um, And we're moving into the holiday season here on the show and in in the business, too. We see, obviously, a lot of it. So what are your uh, what kind of, you know, holiday market plans like where where uh, what does that look like for you to end the year, Todd? Well, I just had one last weekend where uh, it was a kind of set up like a European um, holiday market and lots of vendors. It was great. It was a Friday and Friday night and Saturday afternoon, evening type of thing. Um, just kind of getting those holiday markets in, trying to get some uh, things, last minute gifts, make great stocking, stocking stuffers, that kind of thing. So yeah. uh, just trying to help people out with their, their holiday shopping and their holiday baking. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can use the honey for that, um, and then of course uh, toasts to the uh, to the holidays. So, uh, thanks again, Todd. Thanks everybody for listening. It's always my pleasure to be Andrew here on the show uh, and talk to all of you. And uh, we'll see you next time. Um, thank you for listening. That wraps up this episode of Stickers on the Mic, brought to you by StickerGiant.com. You can download us on Spotify iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcatcher. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please leave us a review. It helps us reach new listeners and share our customer sticker stories. And if you're inspired to create your own stickers or labels, head over to stickergiant.com to check out our options and use the coupon podcast to take 20% off your first item. Thanks again for listening to Stickers on the Mic.